Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, we're going to introduce you a little bit better to our team, something I neglected to do in weeks past. We're also going to talk about uh, construction at the Disneyland Resort and what you can expect in the weeks and months to come. And we're going to tell you all about our most our recent VIP tour of the Disneyland Resort. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, and from points around Southern California, this is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 736 for the week of July 16th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Let the Disneyland experts at Dreams help you plan every aspect of your next Disneyland visit, all at no additional charge. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Out in California, the lovely and talented Ms. Katrina Manzoni. Hi, everybody. And right next to her, the lovely and talented Mr. Tyler Crouch. Hi. How you doing? And welcoming for the first time to our show... <laughs> Lola Loriola. I, I knew that. I knew that. But I do this all the time where, like, names escape me. The lovely and Everybody talented does. Luella Loriola. How are you, Luella? Hi, everyone. So, welcome to the show, folks. Hope your week is off to a good start. Um, have a lot of things we want to talk about this week. The first of which, um, it dawned on me earlier that, uh, you know, we kind of rebooted this show a few weeks back. And um, while you may have seen Tyler and Katrina in some vlogs and things that we've done over the past year, they've never really had a proper opportunity to kind of introduce themselves and let you kind of get to know more about them. And since this is Luella's first time on our show, I think, you know, it was kind of a good idea. I mean, you already know me, and I'm assuming, and you already know Rhino, if you don't. Mm -hmm then that's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, our folks out in California thought it would be a good idea um, kind of just for a few minutes, talk to them and get to know them a little bit better. So, Luella, I'm going to start with you since your beautiful face is right in front of me right now. Um, why don't you just tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about your history with Disneyland. Okay. Hi, I'm Luella Loriola and i uh, I married into that, so my parents didn't do that tongue twister to me. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I wasn't born here. I was born in the Philippines, but my parents immigrated while I was really young uh, to Southern California. And so I would say pretty much I was raised in Southern California and raised in Disneyland. And um, the great thing about being so close is I have all these wonderful pictures of me as a wee wee little baby with my mom and dad and I obviously cannot remember it but uh, it just whenever I see them it really resonates with me really brings me home and I think my first memory of actually going to the park I'm probably about six or seven but we would go every year it would be a family trip even if we were close by because I don't think annual pass 
reports were uh, available back then and it wasn't something that a lot of people do now it was more of an event and but we would go every year and at the same time during school at the end of the year we would go as a class so it was something that was really a part of our culture and so that's kind of how my love of Disney and Disneyland began and then as I got older it's everyone in high school got a job there as soon as you could work and then when I went to college we continued working through college and so uh, I can't imagine my life without it and um, my love of Disney has grown into truly the history of Disney I'm fascinated by the um, Walt Disney and how it started and the great thing about being so close to Southern California is I'm not that far from the studios so had the blessings of going there had the blessings of going to the Tam O'Shanter and Griffith Park and just seeing where everything began so uh, it's started out with just going to Disneyland and growing into just a big love of just Disney overall and I'm a mother with three boys uh, one is 16, so I got that teenager. I have a 10-year-old uh, who's on the spectrum, and then I have a 7-year-old who is just the most hyper little boy ever, but they all love going to Disneyland, and I love going with my husband alone, but I love going with my kids. So, awesome. <laughs> well, I am absolutely thrilled to have you as part of the show. We've known each other for a few years. We met. I think the first yes. time I met you was the 50th anniversary. Um, yes. Yes, uh, yes. I, I think we were waiting for the parade, and that was the first time yes. I had a chance to meet yeah. you. Yeah, that was a. Then those were good times. That 50th anniversary, um, 60th, excuse me. 60th, 60th. That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Um, I always get that confused. Uh, I was there. Yes. Yeah, we were there for the 60th, and yes. that was the first time I had a chance to meet you. And then we've met uh, since then, and I am absolutely delighted um, that Thank you, you were able to, to join here. us and do Thank this. You. So looking forward, looking forward to a lot more shows with you. Um, you. All right, let's move over to uh, Katrina. Katrina, now uh, those of you who have uh, maybe watched uh, the video, the amazing video that Rhino put together uh, for us uh, earlier this month or earlier last month, I should say, uh, what we love about Disneyland. Uh, Katrina was featured in that. If you haven't seen that, uh, we'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. So who's ever doing the show notes, Tyler, I think that's you. Um, let's we'll make sure we include a link to that video so you can see more about it. But uh, for those who haven't seen it, Katrina, why don't you tell us a little bit, little bit about you and about uh, your uh, your 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 history with Disneyland? Sure. Um, so in the video, I kind of talked about it, but I'm going to go again because I really love explaining it. But um, for all of you, my name is Katrina Manzoni. Um, so I grew up in Southern California, and I moved away to Oregon uh, when I was a teenager. But when I lived in Southern California, I would always uh, go to Griffith Park uh, with my dad because he would work in like Los Feliz area. So he would take me like on the carousel, and I fell in love with it. Um, and kind of like how Walt Disney took his kids to Griffith Park um, and just sat on the bench and watched the kids on the carousel. And, uh, and I would always go to Disneyland with my parents and my brother, and I would always just love going to the castle. And it was kind of like my playground. Like I would just go and pretend like I was a princess, like hanging out with Aurora. And, uh, and I would always just like love it and like think about um, just, I don't know, every, uh, just finding like Prince Charming, you know, like little girly things, you know. Uh, and just watching the parade. I think the Main Street Electrical Parade was like my favorite part when I grew up. Like I would love, going in the summer, just sitting there and just watching Cinderella stroll by. 
and uh, and then I moved away to Oregon, and it kind of like made me feel like really sad because I couldn't get to Disneyland all that often. So I would live like vicariously through uh, like podcasts and just videos and just like reliving Disney. And so when I grew up, I had to come back down here uh, to Southern California and live here. And then I met Tyler, and uh, and then he had a great love for Disney, and then that's kind of how it became to be. And uh, he started doing vlogs, and I kind of got into it. Um, it's a little daunting, actually. It's kind of scary, but uh, <laughs> it's nerve-wracking, you know. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's kind of how it became to be, and, uh, and I still love going today. Uh, every time I go to Disneyland, it's like a new adventure to kind of like see what's new and kind of like create my own new memories with Tyler and like kind of relive my past um, going to Disneyland. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I love it. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Tyler? Why don't you tell us, uh, tell everybody a little bit more about you? Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. I've been, we're actually in the same house right now that my family bought before I was even born. So I've been here my entire life, and we have gone to Disneyland my entire life. I can't even remember the first time I went, which, you know, because it's just like, I, it was just a part of every, it was just a part of everything we did. And uh, it especially, my dad uh, unfortunately passed away about five years ago, and, and it especially just reminds me of all the fun that I had with him when I go to Disneyland. Every every time I'm there, I just re remember all these little stories about him, and it it definitely is like a happy place for me. It's like a good, it's good to remember those those types of stories. I mean, he used to take me every other some uh, every other spring break, and we would go to Disneyland Hotel and stay there for a few nights, and it was just those those trips were like incredible, and so it's just really Disneyland is just like a a real remembrance of happiness for me and it's it's just I, I ended up also working there for close to a year I was in custodial and I'm just the type of guy that I love all the behind the scenes stuff and how things work and and, and all that all those things so for me it was like the perfect job being a custodial because I got to roam around and do you're no matter what you're 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 able to go anywhere because you're in that white costume so no matter where you are, people can't be like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> so it was a lot of fun just kind of being like, I feel like maybe I'll go watch Fantasmic for five minutes, you know. Um, but that's, I mean, Fantasmic is another thing, too. That's like every time I watch that show, I almost tear up a little bit because I just remember when we were young. Uh, they do they do little VIP experiences now and stuff, but they used to let you sit up on, they had a dessert party where they would let you sit up on the balcony of the it was the gallery at the time but now it's the Disney Dream Suite and they would let you sit up there which it, it was the place where Walt Disney was was trying to create a an apartment for his family like a bigger apartment for his family and they used to let you sit up there and it was kind of the most magical experience of my life and I just I so every time I'm at Disneyland it brings back happiness so that's 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 me in a nutshell and uh, how often, how often, Tyler, would you say you're in the parks? How often do you get uh, down well, to Disneyland? I mean, even before we got this, even before we started working uh, for you, Pete, we were there at least once a week. Uh, I mean, we're there all the time. And now it's like, now a lot of times it's like twice a week, once once or twice a week. Yeah. So we, we are there on a constant basis. We're always seeing the new things. We're, we're, we're passionate about trying to find out what's going on. And... Uh, yeah, 
I'll tell you, you both have been a wonderful addition to the team. You bring a lot of passion and excitement um, for Disneyland and something that, uh, you know, certainly certainly touches my heart because um, I also have a passion and excitement for Disneyland, if you haven't guessed. Um, Luella, what about you? How often how often do you, got, uh, do you get a chance to get into the parks? I try to go once a week, uh, sometimes more. Uh, it's a different trip when I go with my kids versus when I go with my husband. So it's always different when we go. So I live extremely close. It'll take me more to just get from the my car in the parking lot to the tram to the to the gate. But wow, uh, it's <laughs> and it's it's easier to get to Disneyland than when I was going to Walt Disney World. It's easier for me to just get from my door to the gate. So um, it's not that hard. And um, but at least once a week. And when something is new, a merchandise that I really want, I'll, I'll just swing by there just to get it <laughs> if I can, and uh, and then come back home. So um, my when I kids say they want to go to the park, that's what they mean. So when I take them to a real park, they're like, "Oh, we said the park." Yeah, we have the <laughs> park, not a park. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> not the playground, the park. Okay, so um, yeah, and. You know, I really make uh, it an effort to do what my kids want to do when they go. And then when I go on myself, then I can check out some of the other things. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Like I said, I just wanted to spend a little time kind of introducing introducing you folks. Um, and because I just never thought when we rebooted this. Because, nah. <laughs> you know, I know you guys. And... Sometimes, sometimes we're too close to something and we don't see the bigger picture. So, well, thank you for that. All right, we're going to move on now. And um, I think Katrina has some stuff to talk to us about uh, regarding construction, uh, construction updates over at Disneyland. Now, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, there's going to be, uh, we're not even just talking about uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is currently being built out there as well. But uh, they are in the process of getting ready to start building their fourth on-site hotel and uh the placement of this hotel is i I don't see any way that it is not going to be very very disruptive especially to people staying at the disneyland hotel because they're basically building this right in front of it they don't have the room there that we have here uh, in Orlando, so uh, to build this fourth hotel, it's a luxury hotel, right? Is that what they're classifying it? They as are too? classifying this. You know, we um, out here we have the classifications of value resort, moderate, and deluxe. Um, they really consider. They get upset with me when I call Paradise Pier of Value. Um, mm. Paradise uh, and 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 Disneyland hotels are would be considered moderate hotels, whereas the Grand Californian is a deluxe hotel. This new hotel they're planning to build, uh, they are classifying as a luxury hotel. And it is, from everything I'm hearing, and these are from pretty decent sources, uh, going to make the prices at the Grand Californian look downright reasonable. Hmm. Um, So if you think it's expensive to stay at the Grand Californian, it will be even more expensive to stay at this new hotel, which I don't believe has a name yet, 
Uh, if it does, I'm not familiar no. with it. Um, and uh, but well, you know that that's a topic for a further show. You know what could they possibly do to warrant the kind of pricing we're hearing hearing about? But this is more about the construction and the you know what we're anticipating is going to happen over the uh, coming weeks and months. Um, and so I'm going to throw it over to you, Miss Manzoni. Sure. Okay. So uh, now everything is closed down on the like the the end part of downtown Disney. So ESPN zone's gone. Rainforest Cafe is gone. The Starbucks is gone. There's still one more Starbucks. It's in the beginning, um, kind of like by the entrances of the park in the middle of downtown Disney. And uh, Tyler's beloved Earl of Sandwich is gone. Sad. I know. And uh, so they all had to close by the end of June so they can start construction for the beginning of July. And the downtown Disney parking area is now being taken over by little portable offices and they're getting ready to tear that um, parking area completely apart to get ready to break ground for creating this hotel. And uh, the rumors have it, it was a, the downtown Disney security entrance that was supposed to be in between ESPN zone and Rainforest Cafe was supposed to shut down at the beginning of July, but they kept pushing it back and the last time I heard it was supposed to start on the 9th, but they still haven't closed it down yet. Um, but the rumor has it they're going to be moving the security off to the other side where the AMC theater used to be, uh, where that parking lot is by the Grand California. I don't remember the name of the parking lot. But Simba? Or, no, that's... Or just the stealth park the for stealth Grand parking California. Area for the, the Grand California, and that's where the entrance, the security entrance is supposed to be. But downtown parking, downtown Disney parking will now be rerouted to, I believe, the Simba parking lot behind the Paradise Pier Hotel. So you would definitely have like a longer walk to get to security than before at downtown Disney. And uh, the Lilo and Stitch lot is now um, kind of in preparations. They're kind of prefabricating uh, like pillars and stuff for the um, addition to the Mickey and Friends parking structure. So there's a lot of construction going on right now. Uh, they're expanding, I don't know if anybody knows, but they're expanding Mickey and Friends parking lot uh, to make it bigger since it's been filling up uh, to capacity recently in the That's during the, the parking structure, right? That's, yes, that's yeah, yeah, the okay. parking structure, the, the main parking structure. So yeah. they're adding onto it. So uh they already have it flattened out and they're starting to build it now so uh the downtown disney parking is now going to be like prefabricating stuff for the hotel and for the parking structure so hopefully it can speed everything along but as far as the disneyland security entrance i'm not sure uh if they're gonna keep it i doubt it i think they're gonna get rid of it and make everybody kind of go to the amc area unless they allow people to go maybe through Grand Californian? I don't know. That's just my idea. It's like it, a thought. It just seems like this construction is going to really impact um, not just like your view, you know, once there's a building there at uh, Disneyland Hotel, but really like the ease of being able to get into the park from your hotel. It be seems like it's just becoming more complicated than what was just a straight shot before, right? Yeah, it's going to be... For Disneyland Hotel, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I feel like if I was new to the area, I would get really um, frustrated yeah. with the whole new security system and where I would have to be since I'm on the other side of the 
like well, at the resort. What what I've heard is that they are for Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel. They are going to be rerouting them. They are closing down. There's a security entrance uh, between uh, the Disneyland Hotel uh, and the and the start of Downtown Disney. They're going to be closing that, and they are going to be making people walk around um, in order to you know however they're going to route that. Um, my bigger my bigger concern is that uh, the construction is going to be taking place right in front and around the tower at Disneyland that houses the concierge lounge and the concierge room. So when you're staying concierge at uh, at Disneyland, that tower is the one closest to where this construction is going to be taken pl- taking place. So how disruptive that is I I can only imagine. Um, well, I think about like when I was at Pop Century and they were just redoing the rooms that were in the building next to me. They were just redoing rooms and it was loud. It woke me up. Like and now I think about the uh, um or actually, you know what? We stayed out there once when we went for Halloween like 2 years ago when we stayed in the Hilton and they were doing the construction on the convention center. And I, I, what I like to do in California, because you guys, it cools down at night, I always, if I'm in a room that has the ability to do it, I like to leave the uh, the door open, the mm-hmm. sliding door to get some of the cool air coming in. Uh, and I couldn't do it that trip because they were doing the construction, like, into the hours of the night. And it would start first thing in the morning. And I could hear people yelling back and forth to each other and, like, slamming on these metal beams. And that was probably the same distance away i want to say as i'm imagining this construction taking place to i the think tower. It's, i think that construction is going to be a lot closer than that yeah they're um, like right on top of each other yeah. definitely and it's going to cause a lot of disruption for sure and so um what that's going to do if anything because i'm thinking about when the poly polynesian underwent its massive rehab they completely redid the pool they completely redid all these areas and that pool construction was taking place right next to the concierge building. Yeah. And I remember being over there, staying in concierge, and at 7.30 in the morning, hearing the construction start. And it was, that was just not okay. And of course, they did not alter the pricing That's crazy. of these rooms one iota. It was kind of the same thing over Caribbean Beach. Caribbean Beach has been just one big, massive construction yeah. zone. And while there have done some specials and there's been some pricing adjustment, um, it hasn't been anything like what you would expect. I don't think they're going to adjust the prices at the Disneyland Hotel um, to compensate for the fact that construction's going on. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really wondering. I think the only people not affected too much by this are going to be the people staying either off-site or at the Grand Californian. And I think this construction is going to end up being a boon for the off-site hotels. That's just my gut instinct. I, it's, it is one of those things, too, where I do imagine, like, when this is done, you know, fast forward a couple of years or however long it's going to take, um, and, you know, you'd be like, wow, that would really paid off, you know, um, hopefully. But it, so kind of what we said about uh, Disney hard. Springs. Yeah, you know, you know, it was it was a mess the whole time, and then now I it looks great. So it's one of those when you have all that stuff just so compact to make it better, to make it uh, 
you know, more efficient or better or open it up to more guests, you sometimes have to, you know, get in there and do that uncomfortable stuff. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is going to be like three years of construction because that new hotel is supposed to open 2021. So it's going to be a long time. And for $500 a night to stay at the yeah. Disneyland Hotel with that construction going on, it would be, I don't think I would want to pay for that at all. Yeah, I'm curious to see how what their schedule is going to be like. Are they just going to be working in during the days to try and avoid keeping people up at night? Or will they just kind of push through and just, you know, do their thing at all hours? It'll be interesting to see. That's true. Uh, but I would if I were anybody that really wants to stay in concierge at Disneyland Hotel and have a nice view of the fireworks or something, I would do that sooner rather than later, because I think the vast majority of those rooms, if not all of them, are going to be covered by the new hotel so i'm curious what happened because grand californian some of their rooms overlooked downtown disney and naples the italian trattoria they went through a massive renovation and throughout the all day you could just hear jackhammers and just like whole just like loud sounds of like breaking and stuff and i wonder if they ever got compensated because i feel like it would be that loud plus maybe like five times yeah, more turn it up to 11 yeah, yeah. turn it up to 11 yeah. and i'm just imagining what it would sound like let me ask yeah. uh let, let me let me ask luella um what 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 are your thoughts on the pending construction um how how disruptive do you think this is going to be i really don't think that it's going to go through the night because where they are doing a lot of the construction across the street is housing uh. you know, anaheim it's anaheim is surrounding Disneyland. And so I'm pretty sure there's some ordinance where they can't be jackhammering in the middle of the night because I know there's some people that live right there. And so um, I think it has to be done. I don't think the prices will go down because there's only three hotels on property. And a lot of times people want to stay on property. So during the day, I think it's going to be a nightmare, but I think they'll be able to sleep during the night. It's just a matter of what time they'll start their construction. I, I was concerned about concierge because it overlooks the fireworks and all the booming activity going out in downtown Disney. So I don't think it would be going during that time, but um, I wouldn't, I can't see them dropping the prices because I think people will still pay to stay on property. They'll probably give some other really great perks to stay I, on property. Early entry is a big perk. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's not going to be a scenario where the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, the people who complain the loudest are the ones that are going to get compensated. Um, hmm. You know, I, I mean, Disney does a really good job of communicating to people when they book at a particular resort that there's construction going on and it may be disruptive, that's also kind of what they hide behind in saying, because they did this with Caribbean Beach, yeah, we, told we told you. So. you. We told you when you booked that this is how it was going to be. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes. But we will keep giving you updates as, as more happens, uh, but just wanted to get that out. All right, let's move on and going to talk about something that um, Tyler... Katrina and I had the chance to experience a few weeks ago when I was out there. Uh, we did uh, a VIP tour uh, of Disneyland Park and California Adventure. Now, if you're not familiar with these, um, these are this is where you basically pay to have a, a, a guest services person, 
VIP tour guide, one of the plaids, just for you and your group. So it's a private tour. And they more or less either get you into the fast pass line for whatever attraction you want to, or in many cases, they backdoor you into the attraction. Um, you are required to do a minimum of six hours. And the cheapest this will cost you is $400 an hour. That is uh, during what they consider slow season, which I don't believe exists at Disneyland anymore, up to a high of $600 per hour, which is what this cost me. Um, but I wanted to see what it was like. I have done it a few times here in Orlando. And so I knew, you know, how we did it. So I wanted to see what it was like out there. Um, so let's, uh, we ended up having this guide for eight hours. And one of those hours was spent having lunch. Um, so in the course of seven hours, we did the following attractions. Soren, Incredicoaster, Toy Story Mania, Radiator Springs Racers, Mike and Sully to the Rescue, Pinocchio, Star Tours, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Indiana Jones, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, The Matterhorn, Snow White, Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, we also got, our guide wasn't with us, doesn't have to be with us for this, you get just put on the list because you took the tour, uh, VIP seating for the fireworks, and also VIP seating for Fantasmic. Um, so we did that, you know, I, I'm running that list off, and, you know, we basically did that in the span of about seven hours. Like I said, we spent about an hour for lunch. Um, so it sounds like we would have been absolutely exhausted, but did you feel that way, guys? Did you feel like it was exhausting pace doing it like that? No, I really liked it because it was really fun to talk to our plaid the whole time. Every time we were going in between um, to the rides, I would always just talk to him about, you know, Disney facts or kind of cool news that he knows that he might not tell other guests. And so I thought it was just really fun. And then plus the whole experience, just being able to do fast passes the whole day. So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find it exhausting at all. I actually found it like nice and refreshing because... I think to me personally, one of the exhausting things uh, that, that the, one of the things that really takes it away from me is when I have to wait in line a lot of uh, like, and that, that really just for whatever reason, just standing there and it, it starts draining me after a while. Uh, so to me, it was really nice and refreshing having to just be like, okay, what ride do we want to do next? And just get right on it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, um, that particular day, um, I had uh, uh, very, very early that morning, I'd gotten news that there had been a death in my family. Um, so I had been up since about three o'clock in the morning um, and could not get back to sleep, as you can understand. So I was, I was working on about three hours sleep when we met up with our guide, who was Brandon, who was absolutely fantastic, uh, we met up with him about 10 o'clock. So I was already tired <laughs> when it started. Um, but it's, it's, a very, uh, it's a very different experience 
there than here. I think in some regards, we got to do more here because the parks are so close together and we're able to walk from, you know, do what we want to do in California Adventure and then just walk across the Esplanade over into Disneyland Park. Whereas here, you're going to park hop, you got to get in a car and they provide the car for you backstage here. Um, you get in, there's water, there's snacks, um, and they take you to wherever, you know, okay, we're going to go to Animal Kingdom now. And then you walk on, uh, you know, uh, walk into Pandora and do the rides in Pandora and, you know, all the, all the e-ticket attractions. Um, but it takes a little bit longer to do that here because of the driving that you have to do. Um, so no, none of that was required here. So I think we were just able to do a lot. What I did notice, like out here when they do it, um, the cast members at the attraction know when they see these plaids yeah. that they're coming in with a tour with a group and that it's a VIP group and get out of the way. So no questions asked. Scenario. Right. That was not the case on this tour. Um, when... We had to get back to it. So, for example, there is no, uh, um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Peter Pan does oh, not a, have a fast pass line. That's the big deal, that one. Yeah, it does not have a fast pass line. So we had to go in through the, the exit. And I want to say we probably waited 20 minutes before we... I feel we... like it was longer to get on Pinocchio than it was to get to Peter Pan. I feel like we waited maybe like 10 minutes to get on Peter Pan. Yeah. But for Pinocchio, that took... A very long time, and I have to say that person was not very nice. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the that's guy, right. That's right. That's what it. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm thinking of Pinocchio, um, not Peter it Pan. Was not pleasant. Yeah, it the cast member clearly, <laughs> the cast member uh, working the exit, just didn't care, and I, I kind of noticed that. And he was in fact yelling at us. Well, what, I, what's that? I said, in fact, he was yelling at us too. He, we were up against the wall as far as we could be, and he kept saying, "Get up against the wall! Get up against the wall!" Yeah. And we were like, I looked at him. I was like, "I'm against the wall, man. What else do you want from me?" And there me? was a wheelchair behind us too. That was an empty wheelchair, so we were kind of like sitting on the wheelchair against the wall, and he kept telling us to like get back. And I'm like, "This is as far as I can go." Yeah. So I, that was not the that was not the pleasant experience yeah. that we thought it would be, but that was just like one ride. Our guide Brandon did tell us that that was the longest he's ever had to wait for any of those uh, Fantasyland dark rides. So he didn't know what was up either. But for whatever reason, it did take a while to get on Pinocchio. There, yeah, I I've had a situation where I've been given um, uh, a certain type of fast pass into my uh, Disneyland app because of whatever happened to me during the day, um, and sometimes when you get these, it doesn't include attractions that don't have fast passes. But then there's a, another level that does include fast passes, and the person who gave it to me specifically said to me, "You can even go use this at Peter Pan's flight right now," which was a guest rela- a guest relations person, and they were like, "You just open this app, show them the thing." And they go, and I went there, and they were like, the person was like, we don't have Fast Pass. And I was like, oh, well, it, on this list right here, it says that I can use it here. And they were like, well, we don't have anywhere to send you. And I was like, okay. And then the other cast, the, the other cast member came over and was like, oh, no, they go like this and do this. So I don't know what it is about those Fantasyland attractions that that – I'm surprised that happens with even a VIP tour guide over there too. So there's a yeah, weird, it, it, they're it, very it, possessive about being like, you can't come in. Yeah. Well, I think you know part of it is that – it's Southern California, and I want to I want to choose my words carefully. I don't want to offend people, but you know it is the land of Hollywood. It is the land of stars, and everybody 
wants to be famous and mm-hmm. everybody thinks that they're famous not everybody obviously but you know you have you, I, I think even you guys will agree with me there is that attitude uh you know it does exist there um, can be definitely and everybody's kind of looking for that you know vip so i think they probably have to say no an awful lot and they yeah. probably have to establish firmer boundaries than maybe we do out here not that we don't get entitled people out here i just think it's maybe a different form of entitlement the guest recovery and again i'm not trying to offend difficult. any i'm sorry I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to offend anybody i'm not saying all southern californians are like this because they're not um but i just think that there's probably a prevalence of that maybe at disneyland than ver- versus here in walt disney world well, I do have to say that with a lot, with how many annual pass holders we have and stuff, there are a lot of times where people are just like, "No, this is my park. Like, I, this is this is my place." And you know, uh, while while it's nice to have some sort of that, it, it it goes too far for a lot of people, and they and they think like, "No, I deserve this because because I've been coming here since I was two. Like, no, you don't deserve you don't deserve it. You know, and people don't. It takes a while for some people to realize that. Is it so. the capacity too? Because the Fantasyland rides are like smaller capacity, so if they keep stopping it, can it break down? Well, I mean that's faster? part of it, but it, I mean they need to keep on these rides moving because otherwise they they need to shut them down and restart them. But like rides like Peter Pan, those seat two people at a time usually, and that is a very slow light ride to load, and that's why it always has such a long line. So I could see them being, I could see some of the cast members being. A little bit indignant about people trying to get on because it's going to slow down their ride, and when they when their ride stops, they get yelled at by you know other guests. So I get it to a certain extent, but yeah. So I also uh, think I was going to say I also think with your VIP tour, it's the same entrance as the disability line, and in the Fantasyland area, it's so congested, and I'm sure you saw Peter Pan just the disability alone. Yeah. is long and then the vip is coming in and there's all you have to do is just wait and so cast members just kind of like okay you have to wait your turn um and so i was that- i was fine with that honestly and we were we with certain attractions okay. the ones that did not have fast pass lines we were using the exit which is you, where they where they put people with disabilities to get on the attractions and absolutely they go first i'm sorry they go first um so that was not that you know, I wasn't expecting that we should be you know put in front of those people uh, at all. Um, oh, absolutely! I I think sometimes the entitlement can get to some of the cast members. I've seen it. I've seen it with the disability pass. I've seen it with a, uh, annual pass holders. I feel bad for some of them, and then after a while, they're just like, stand aside. Yeah. What, well, what, <laughs> and they. What yeah. confused me? What confused me was the number of cast members that didn't seem to have any idea what Brandon was doing. Like I said, out here, they see, like, yeah. my guy is Frank, okay? Frank's the guy who's done my tours out here. They see Frank coming, they know who Frank is. They know what Frank is doing. And it's not that the C's part and, like, they push people out of the way or anything like that. Here, you can only do attractions that have fast pass. They will not backdoor you. The only time you get backdoored into an attraction here is if you are an A-list celebrity and it is a safety issue that they cannot walk you through the park. And they have to take you backstage and they have to get you in that way because <clears throat> that's what they need to do. But <clears throat> when a celebrity, a person of note, 
comes to Disneyland or Walt Disney World and they are getting taken on to attractions. They are doing the exact same thing that we did. They are paying the same money. They have to pay for it. Disneyland does not give it to them. They have to pay the hourly rate for the for the cast member the same way we did. Except again, if it's you know, if it's Paul McCartney, he's getting backdoored. Um, they have to do things a certain way in order to a not completely melt down the operation um, because of the attention that person gets. And it's a safety issue. It's a safety issue for, for, for the celebrity in question. So, and I completely get that. Um, so what Disneyland does better, uh, in, term, in, in my opinion, is that they will backdoor you on a certain attractions where we do not do that here. Um, I, at the time, and I think this was just affected by the fact that I was so tired. I felt like it was because I've, anytime I've ever done it out here, it was $400 an hour. And at the time I didn't feel like it was worth, this was worth $600 an hour. Looking back on it now that I've slept, um, I don't know. I, I disagree with that. I think it is, it was worth it. If you only had one day and Again, I realize a lot of people can't afford to do that. Um, But if you can, and you have one day, and you want to make sure you get to see as much as you can, this really is a pretty good way to do it. But let me ask you three, uh, Tyler, Katrina, and Luella, um, looking at, what did I say, 16 attractions in the course of seven hours, not including... Seating for the fireworks, which was fantastic. We were right in front of the castle. Um, and seating for Fantasmic, which was not quite as good, but they were actual seats, not sitting on the ground. Um, not including that. Do you feel that with the the way Max Pass works, if you're smart about how you use it, and you're, you know, a little lucky, do you think you can kind of cover the same ground in the course of maybe seven or ten hours maybe with max pass as we did in seven hours with this i'm yeah if you came at park opening and you waited in that line like early in the morning because we start our vip tour at 10 a.m which is perfectly fine with me but getting there at like eight like even at 7 a.m to try to get to park opening by eight you could probably get the majority of the rides done in seven hours but it, it's just, it was just like, a, it would be a headache because I would have to keep setting my timer on my phone, making sure that all of the fast passes that we needed are like in line and just setting my phone to get a new fast pass. Right. My point so, being, though, um, is that headache worth the difference between $10 a day per person and $600 an hour? I feel like because you can bring up to 10 people for the VIP tour. And if you had 10 friends that all wanted to chip in the 600 bucks, I would say it would be worth it. If you wanted to have like one day of just all park fun, seeing the fireworks, seeing Fantasmic, I think it would be worth it. And I personally don't think you can do all that with Max Pass, especially considering that a lot of the rides we did don't even have any Fast Pass to begin with. They're not a lot, but a good amount of them. But uh, you know, even when you even when you have Max Pass. It, you still are at the whim of all the times, and the cert, there's going to be certain rides like in Credit Coaster that that are really popular right now. That that thing is going to be up at 8 p.m. by the time you you know by the time you want to do your Max Pass. And I just think that 
you could get away with doing rides back to back, you know, for the first half of the day. But when the first half of the day is over, that's when you're going to start to realize like, oh, OK, I, we can't do these rides as fast as we were in the beginning of the day. Um, I mean, it's it's a huge jump money wise to to do the, the tour, obviously. I think it's something very special. I think that if you are going to do this, you got to remember that it's like a very special thing. And it's something that, you know, once in a lifetime almost because it's it is very expensive. But I think it's like I am considering wanting to do it again like sometime in the future. So, I, you know, and I think your guide is a huge thing, too, because it's like a whole nother person that you can talk to and get little tidbits from and like did get a lot of information from from brandon as we walked around telling us just different things that i didn't even know so yeah um he, he, he told us interesting things about he used to work on all these different rides because when you're in guest services you need to actually transfer to guest services you can't just start in guest services so he used to work on all these different attractions and it was really interesting talking to him about um, all the little secrets and stuff he told us things about pirates of the caribbean that i was like that i actually always wondered about and um, it, so for me, the guide was a huge thing too. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that it's definitely worth it if it's, if you remember that this is a very special occasion. Um, Luello, yeah. uh, now yeah. you aren't with us on this tour, unfortunately, but, um, what do you think? Do you think that, you know, in what we're describing about what we experience on this VIP tour, um, you know, do you think it's worth six hundred dollars an hour minimum is six hours i think that the vip tour is worth it for all the rides in the history i would love to walk around with someone that tells me all the little tidbits uh, but i think that max pass is very efficient if you know how to use it uh, if you want to ride all the fantasy land rides though that's you got to hit that spot first thing in the morning because i don't think the max pass will do any benefit for you those rides those lines are not the shortest lines, so you will lose a lot of time, even if you have the max pass. But the the beauty of the max pass is you get your fast pass for one ride, and then you wait on in line for the ride that doesn't have a fast pass. Uh, so, but I also believe that the VIP tour works with a certain group of people that can appreciate it. With my kids, I don't think it would be beneficial because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can get to some of the rides, but. Uh, we would probably spend a lot of time in a certain area and not take advantage of the big rides. So there's certain, there really is a certain type of party that can take full advantage of a VIP tour. I took a VIP tour when I went to Hong Kong Disneyland and hands down that was the best money I spent because for one thing I couldn't speak the language and I learned a lot of tidbits. So for the tidbits alone, I think that's worth it. What do you think? You think they're... Uh... No. I don't think this sounds worth it at all to me. I, I don't I don't mean to, I'm not trying to be rude and you guys all make valid points and everything like that. And if I were somebody that had an income similar to your own, it would be worth it to me, I think. But I'm I'm trying to think about it from my perspective. Like uh, it's not the Disneyland experience I want either, though. That's the thing. It does sound awesome. It does sound really cool. And if you ask me someday, do you want to go try this out? I 100 percent. You know, I would would be into that and i do agree with tyra's mentality about you have to treat it really special but i just think it doesn't include entrance into the park so that's an added on no it does ticket not. that you have to so that's another 150 dollar ticket you know on a cheap a non-peak day for a park to park ticket um and then i'm assuming he didn't pay for your lunch right 
No, you pay so, for your own lunch. So, so you're adding up all these other things as well. So I'm doing it out. Okay, so let's say you do have the 10 people. You do the minimum of the six hours. That's three. That's $3,600 plus the 150 for tickets. So that's probably about 400 or like that's probably $500 a person for the 10 people. But then you have a group of 10 people. So if you had difficulty with your guest relations persons in Fantasyland with only the four of you, five of you, like – double that you're not going to be able to get on the rides as efficiently people aren't going to be able to make decisions as efficiently well we also had we also had two people in scooters on this on this trip okay yeah some of my other friends with me oh okay cool yeah two people in scooters on this trip and i'll tell you what they were over the moon being able to like get around like this yeah um and I know they loved it. So. Well, well it's, it, that's, a, that's a good thing to consider, though, too. You know, you bring up a valid point with people in scooters or, you know, you talked about it with like a celebrity where it's a thing for them. But maybe you're somebody that is in a higher income bracket and maybe there is some sort of like you, you're agoraphobic or something like that. You know, this might help you out too, help you getting through the crowds and stuff like that. But for somebody like me or like somebody I, there's nobody in my life that I think that I would say like, oh, this sounds great. Like Craig and I once broke down uh, the VIP experience you took me on for the Universal Park in mm-hmm. Hollywood. And I think that was every penny of that was worth it, you know, and I love that experience. And it's something I'll never forget. And I don't think I would I wouldn't and dislike the experience. Remind me, uh, you know, it's a good point. What do you, what does the that uh, like VIP tour in Universal go for? 300 I think it, yeah no, it's a little it over 300 now. is it really I thought it was more than that yeah and, and, and lunch is included yeah lunch is included in that one as well and it's like the best lunch you can have in the park yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah it was a really good lunch um, but they also take you on to the actual Universal Studios back lot yeah and we got to get out and walk on that set remember <laughs> that was really cool Colony we went to go see the set where Colony was filmed yeah and then you get for the rest of the day, whether you're with the guide or not, you have your front of the line pass. Yeah, front of the line pass. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point by contrast, but it's universal versus I know, and that, that is the thing, too. Different experiences, you know what I mean? Di- um, Craig always says it. Different strokes for different folks. My least favorite expression he ever says. and Especially after that Toy Story <laughs> video, Midway Mania video that he put up. That <laughs> but, puts, yeah. puts that just in a whole nother light. <laughs> But all right, so uh, there you have it. That is our take on the VIP tour that we took at Disneyland. And that will do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>